friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast. John and Stacy Eldridge in the studio. Hello. With, with you this week, the first week of March, March 1st. And we started the year, if you were tracking with us back in January and February, by circling back around to the heart. Yes. Making the heart central again, bringing it back to center stage. Mm -hmm. Largely because we were just personally aware of how much care and encouragement and renewal our own hearts yes. needed. Yeah. And so we are circling back around today with some fresh thoughts. But I want to begin with a couple of stories to get us going here. So I was in a I was in a meeting yesterday here at Wild at Heart with a couple of the guys and we were just talking through some operational stuff and holidays and calendar and, you know, when are we in? When are we out? It's just kind of some practicalities. And, and I said, um, I said, okay, so this summer we need to be careful that we don't overload the schedule, you know, so that our staff gets some, some summer joy, some summer rest and, and break. And you should have seen the look on the men in the room. It was as if I said, Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. <laughs> what I mean was the incredulity, the oh, unbelief. Okay. I was going to say, was it hope or was it? And so I had to literally repeat, just saying the word summer. Sum summer exists? Summer. <laughs> summer joy. Summer play. Summer vacation plans. Yeah. And John Dale on our team admitted, he's like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, right. And the thing is, John's a pretty optimistic guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, on a scale of one to 10, he's, he's sort of up there on optimism. But just the idea of there's summer to look forward to? There's something ahead? What? What? And then uh, the playfulness of Jesus, not an hour later, Someone else announces to me that they're going to Hawaii this month. Say what? <laughs> I'm serious. He and his wife were praying, and they felt like God said to them, hey, you guys need to go to Hawaii right now. Like, soon. Go. Uh, uh, you just see the look <laughs> on my face, right? It's just, it's kind of two things. One, like, well, that just sounds so normal. You can do something. You can plan a trip. You can fly over the ocean in Hawaii. Hawaii doesn't exist. Right. Ocean, palm trees, what? warm air. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I know. Even as he was saying it, I, my heart is genuine. Well, mostly happy for them. <laughs> okay, let's be perfectly honest. It's going to take some spiritual discipline to pray for them and pray for good weather. But, you know, there is the envy piece. But honestly, my heart was, wait, what? You can do that? Right. That sort of thing exists in the world? And what I'm describing is, you know, it's March and it's the one-year anniversary now of the pandemic and the quarantines and all that rolling across the world and taking away so much life in so many ways from us. And we're all just still a little clobbered from it. And the reason we're circling back around to the heart today is we're, we are aware that as all of us try and leave 2020 behind, 
And here we are already um, finishing the first quarter of 2021. We need some something. <laughs> some hope, some freshness. Absolutely. Some wind in yeah. our sails. Yeah. Some, what I would describe it is, we, we need a refreshing and a strengthening of our hearts as an ongoing experience. And so that's a little bit of what we want to talk about today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start with this beautiful verse from Ephesians. This is from chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. He writes, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. Oh, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Continues. Then Christ, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from him. I want that. I want the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And I, I want it in my heart. Yeah, yeah. And I love this verse because can you see the progression? It's First, you are strengthened in your heart. By God. By God. He strengthens you from his unlimited resources. Yes. And then, then you're able to understand yeah. how deep and rich his love is. We, we need him to strengthen our yes. hearts yes. supernaturally. Yeah. And so what we've been reflecting on personally quite a bit is how do you tap into that? How does a person access the resources mm -hmm. of this sort of glorious inner strength, the fullness of life and power that comes from God? How, how do we, to do two things, to heal the trauma that we're all experiencing mm -hmm. from the last year now? It's been a full year. And, and let me just pause on that because... We did a little staff poll again recently, kind of checked in on everybody, and I, I just sent an email around saying, hey, you know, I want to ask you a few questions. How are you all doing? And I got back stories like, well, I think I'm doing pretty well most days, but yesterday when I left the house, I left the front door wide open. Right. For the entire day. Right. And in another unsolicited similar type story, I'm forgetting things. I've left my wallet at home twice in the last week. Right. And then he was saying, and I've never done that before. Like, what's happened to me? Right. Well, dear precious ones, this is just the effect of trauma. Like Exactly. The, the fragmentation of our attention and the loss of the sense of time and, and that sort of thing. So how do we... As we are moving into 2021, how do we heal our hearts from the trauma? And also, how do we find fresh hope and fresh joy and strength 
for this hour. That's what we've been reflecting on, praying into discovering some yeah. new things. Uh-huh. And this is the subject of Homecoming 21, which is taking place this Saturday, gang, March 6th. Uh, it's a beautiful online event. So excited. That Stacy and I are offering. Back in... 2019. Thank you. Yeah. 2019, we held a live gathering of more than 1,000 friends and allies from all around the world flew in to Colorado Springs. We called it Homecoming. <sighs> and we wanted a chance to just circle the wagons, share some of the new things we were learning from God, and basically what that was was all of the content of the book, Get Your Life Back. Mm-hmm. So we had music and reflection and healing prayer and, and beauty, and it was, it was soul care. It was soul care. It was ministry, and it turned out also to be this equipping of the body for what we didn't know it was coming. Four months later. Yeah. It was just extraordinary mm-hmm. timing. Mm-hmm. Anyway— We loved it. Folks loved it. And we thought we would love to do a homecoming again, but we can't ask everybody to fly in right now. It's it's not. No can do. Not right now. So we're going to do it online. And because it's online, we're also going to be merciful and make it a 90-minute event. Yes. There's so much more to share, but we just thought, golly, we've been giving everybody the messages to get off your screens. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want you now to... And a lot of people are still spending their entire work sure, day, exactly. you know, in Zoom meetings yeah. and such. So this Saturday, March 6th, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, which allows folks in Europe to join in in the evening and across the Americas during the day sometime, and, mm-hmm. and the very ambitious over in Australia, <laughs> the Far East, very early in the morning on March 7th. But we just want to unpack some of that today. We want to give you a taste of some of the things that we're going to be diving into because they're proving to be so immensely helpful to access this promise of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Exactly, the resources that are available to us. Right. The fresh winds. Yeah, so homecoming's coming this Saturday, March 6th. You do need to register you got to get online uh, at our website, wildatheart.org, and you'll see it right there on the homepage. Okay, so for today, if we could make an offering here from all the things that we're going to share at Homecoming, I think I would introduce where we want to go with this thought. For the strengthening and healing of the human heart, there are natural graces. Mm-hmm. And there are supernatural Mm, graces. And both are needed. And there are folks that tend towards the natural graces. And there are folks that tend towards the supernatural graces. But we need both. And I want to unpack that idea for a moment and then take our listeners into some things. I want to ask you to remember watching the Netflix documentary Stacey and I were looking for something to watch a few weeks ago, and a friend had recommended My Octopus Teacher. It's a beautiful, beautiful nature documentary, incredibly filmed. It's an unbelievable story. It takes place on the coast of South Africa. And the story begins with a cinematographer describing his own burnout. 
And he doesn't go into the reasons for his trauma explicitly, but he says he, he couldn't even pick up a camera or go into an editing bay one more time. He was just, his soul was so parched mm -hmm. and more than that, traumatized. So he, he returns to his home in South Africa on the coast, and he decides to immerse himself in nature for the healing of his trauma. And he, what he has available to him is the ocean right there at his doorstep. And so he begins swimming, not scuba diving, just swimming in the ocean and doing a little bit of snorkeling and diving every day. And it ends up into this phenomenal story of his encounter with an octopus every day. This, this, he, he makes a, a friendship with this octopus. And so we're obviously giving this a big shout out. It's a it's a lovely story. But Stacy, go there for a moment. Like, what was it like to watch the ocean? Oh, my goodness. Despite the strange name of the documentary, it was breathtaking. It felt like a window into Eden. The wonder, the beauty. I don't want to give away the, yes. all that happens. But it was stunning. It's almost like with those people saying that they're going to Hawaii or that summer is coming, there's this level of disbelief that yes. there is actually, actually goodness and beauty in the world yes. after the pandemic and everything else we've been living through. Everything else. Oh, it just brought me life. It brought me hope. It was so encouraging. Okay, this is actually one of the wonderful things about the human brain. There's some debate about the extent of this, but everyone is agreeing that the brain is not actually fully able to distinguish the real from the imagined or visual experiences and, you know, cinematography experiences. And you just take trauma as an example. People can suddenly have a memory come to them or they can hear a sound yeah. or they can see an image on a screen and they are their body is having the full tilt reaction uh -huh. right. as if they were back in their childhood home or Afghanistan or that automobile accident or whatever. But the wonderful thing about that with the brain is you are simply watching a beautifully filmed show. Yes. And you were describing it as life-giving. It was so life-giving. It was like it, it was an infusion, like a, an IV going in of goodness and wonder and the incredible feeling of knowing that this exists. Yes. Exhilarating, really. Yes, the power of nature and mm -hmm. beauty to heal the human soul. And some of our precious friends have been locked down over in the UK and, and in Ireland, you know, all the way till I think it's beginning to lift this month. But what they were able to do is walk and walk along the coast. And it's, it's Irish weather, so sometimes it's raining and it's often cold and sometimes it's sunny. But just the healing power of that for, for trauma, for the nourishment of the yes, human soul. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, you took the grandkids to... A butterfly pavilion. Yes. Okay. This was this was awesome. I went my my son Sam and my and my Finley and Johnny and we went and and going in. I don't know if you've ever been, John. Have you been? No, okay, I when, haven't been. It's it's like an atrium when you walk in and um, 
suddenly you are engulfed in uh, this lush garden of of all these different plants and and the air is infused with moisture. It's this tropical wonderland. And mind you, this is the end of February and it's freezing outside and it's brown and Colorado old, you know. And then to go in into this this place that's warm and stunning. And then there's millions of butterflies flying around. You just look up and it's everywhere. I had one land on me. (laughs) That was awesome. But it was um, amazing. Sam and I just sat down on a bench and just breathed it in, going, oh, this is what oxygen feels like. This is what warmth feels like. This this is real. Yes. And um, it, too, was this infusion of beauty. It felt like it was nourishment. It was nourishment to my soul. Yes. Yeah. So these things we would call the natural graces, and obviously nature being a huge one, not just for us because we're nature people, but, but for the way that God created human beings. You can simply watch nature shows. And it's been one of my go-tos during the quarantine is watching beautiful cinematography, even just looking at beautiful photos. Uh And then the power of memory. So again, the human brain's completely amazing. And and this is for good, and it can also be hard, is that when you go back into a memory, your brain and body are literally reliving it. And that's why it can be done under care and prayer and love in a very healing way. It can also, you know, re-elicit heartache and and loss and trauma. But going back through my phone and just looking at beautiful photos from trips of several years ago mm. has been so nourishing. So we would we would call these like natural graces. Another one that has been so huge for me is the grace of silence. And you know, I've talked about one of the greatest gifts of technology to the human race in the 20th century has been noise-canceling headphones. And they are worth every dime you are going to pay for it, friends. And here's why. It's not just the silence. Because I can get into a quiet room, but it's amazing how much noise there still is. The city noise still, you know, leaks in and the loud motorcycle goes by or somebody fires up a leaf blower, you know, airplanes, that kind of thing. But when you... When you go into absolute quiet, you are no longer being stimulated. You're not being triggered by things. And in our lovely but beleaguered, beat-up condition, humanity, stuff just triggers us. Loud noises, bright lights, too much stimulation. Right, and we just don't have the capacity to to handle those things as if we were in a, a non-traumaed state. Yes, you know, if we were functioning right, at our right, best, right. then some things would just roll off. But mm. Yeah, and that's why water, the ocean, e- even getting to a swimming pool, just the experience of diving underwater yeah. is a very, very healing experience because all noise is suddenly cut off. Huh. Right? Oh, I didn't... And you're not being constantly stimulated mm. in that way, right? And there's lots of other reasons why it's 
it's been huge. But what we're describing are the natural graces, and I want to contrast that with supernatural graces. We've talked about power of beautiful music. I was listening to Sarah Brightman coming in this morning, the, the Broadway opera singer. And let me add two more to the natural graces. Having something you're looking forward to. Again, the brain and and the way that it works with our soul and our body and spirit needs something to look forward to. And (sighs) and there's a lot of research that shows that actually, you were telling me this, there's more joy. Exactly. There is more joy in, in anticipating the experience or the trip or the party or the gathering than there is in the experience itself. Isn't that amazing? Just the planning for, thinking of, dreaming of, looking forward to. Yes. So life-giving. Yes. And that's why the anecdote that I started with about, hey, summer's coming, and the incredulous looks I got from my team members, like, "Uh uh-oh, like, everybody, hey, what are you looking forward to? You need something you're looking forward to, everyone. Summer is coming to the Northern Hemisphere. And what is it you're planning? Like, don't figure out how it's going to happen yet. Don't figure, you know, don't, or when you might not know, you know, are you waiting on your vaccines or whatever, you know, but just to begin to have something you are planning and looking forward to. That's so good. So, so think of this as an invitation to ask God, what am I looking forward to? Mm. Because in my, my own heart, uh, that takes some real thinking. And I know I have a lot of people in my life where that, there'd be nothing. There would be nothing that they're looking forward to. So, so really an invitation because we have to remind ourselves that in Christ, there is always good coming. Yes. So yes, yes, to allow yourself to hope, to dream, to, is there, maybe it's a walk that I get to do that's going to be opened up and I can do it. Maybe what? There's there's stuff. Something. Yeah. That, that bicycle trip you want to take around the county. Yes. Or, yeah, something uh-huh. that, that you're looking forward to. One more natural grace example and suggestion, the importance of moving your body mm-hmm. and the care of your body. I, I would say exercise, but there's a lot of ways to get this, to move your body because the body holds stress. Stress is the number one killer. I know. Stacey and I are literally I'm just, right I'm now. Stretching. <laughs> stretching. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We we had a, a body guy come in and, and give us some examples of moving your body and just just unwinding your wrist and, and loosening your arms and then your shoulders. I was shocked at how much and th- and this is, you know, Bessel van der Kolk's famous book now, The Body Keeps the Score. That, that trauma, stress, grief, loss are stored in the body. And so your body, in, in a time like this, if we're going to recover freshness and strength and hope, you, you got to move your body, folks. You got to take care of this, this dwelling that you're in. And two weeks ago, I actually did a personal sort of intensive, um, some soul care work. And... I was amazed at how at the end of of every morning session, I needed to go move my body. Mm. Like I was going back into some trauma from my childhood and some things. And 
I could feel my body saying, okay, like I'm tense, go move, go move. So I went to an open space where I could hike. It was fairly cold, but my body said this to me. If I could put it into words, the conversation kind of went like this. I want you to start hiking until I feel better. And I will let you know when we're done. (laughs) Three hours later. Wow. Three hours was how much stress and grief and trauma was stored in my body. And it just needed, just move, John. Just get out and move. And it was such a grace. And, and these would be like natural graces, the power of music, the power of beauty, power of nature. Right. Things available to us in the natural world. Yes. Stillness, silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we've been talking about all that or versions of it for more than a year now. Yeah. And the number of people that have told me, oh, man, I love the pause app. Whoa, thank you so much. Yeah, I haven't used it for three months. Got to pick it up again. Oops. Yeah. So this isn't a guilt thing. I know. I just realized how long it's been since <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. But, um, friends, we all do this. We, we drop the things that give us life and Mm -hmm. and care for our hearts and souls. And so in the realm of the natural graces, go back and pick up those things that you were doing because we're not out of the woods yet, folks. And there's a lot of renewal and refreshment that our hearts need. But what we really wanted to talk about today (laughs) was tapping into the supernatural graces. A few nights ago, I was pretty angry and pretty wound up about the world and about policies I don't agree with that I think are harming humanity and stories I was hearing. And anyway, I was pretty cranked. So I went into my home office for just some quiet late in the evening. And I knew I was not well, but I wasn't quite sure what I needed. Uh Uh-huh. But, I, you know, I just start with Jesus, 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 Jesus. I just need to settle in to the presence of God with me, Jesus. I said, Lord, I really need you, and I really need to see the kingdom right now. And first, what I heard was laughter. It was a number of voices. It wasn't like a crowd. It wasn't a thousand people. It was maybe eight people. But it was laughter. And it was the most wonderful sound (laughs) in the world because it was the laughter of hearts that are fully well, fully well, and enjoying themselves immensely in a world where that will never be taken from them. I mean, it was laughter. And then he showed it to me. Then I saw, and I said, Jesus, what are you showing me? And he said, the joy of heaven. And what was so powerful about that moment, first off, it just really ministered to me and centered me, and, but it was the very antidote I needed yes. to the negative news of the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, the kingdom is still quite well And joy still wins, laughter still wins, happiness wins. I'm describing what was maybe a, you know, five-minute, 
seven-minute encounter that was immensely refreshing. And friends, that, that would move into the realm of what we would call the supernatural graces. Yes. That as Christians, we at least have the theology that there is a whole world surrounding us all the time, the rest of reality, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is filled with wonderful things. Mm-hmm. It's filled with beauty, yes. for one thing, and joy and happiness. There are fabulous things going on in the kingdom of God. And out of the kingdom of God comes the supernatural strength that Paul was praying for us, with us, that you read at the beginning of the podcast from Ephesians 3, that you may be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God, that is coming to you out of the rest of the world. Yes, the, yeah, the, rest, the truer, yeah, the truer reality. Right, yeah, the rest, the yeah. truer reality, which is the kingdom of God and learning to tap into those realities is is what we're going to talk about at homecoming and how to experience it. But we want to give you a little bit of that right now. Do you remember when we went snorkeling the first time? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This was this was amazing. This was a fifteenth anniversary trip. Our fifteenth is that what it was? It was our fifteenth. It was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, our fifteenth. And it was shortly after Brent's death. Yes, yeah, Brent died, and the next week we were supposed to go, so we had to cancel that trip. Oh, wow, I forgot that. Yeah, we had to cancel it. We were able to reschedule it for about six months later, October, November, and we went, and the we brought snorkeling gear, or we rented it, I don't remember, but we'd been swimming in the ocean, and then uh, we'd get out there with our flippers, and put our mask on, and I look down, still standing, and there's the, all these fish. <laughs> they're, they're all over the place. And then, and then we went swimming out and went, oh, my word. They, they were all different colors, all different sizes, and we could bring food out there. They you know, swarm you to get it. It was wonderland. It was this whole other reality, this whole other world that I had no idea existed. I remember coming out of the, um, onto the beach and there was a couple lying there and they go, are there fish? Are there, are you seeing anything? And we said, yes. And they went, huh, you want, you want to borrow? Or you got to go borrow our stuff. They went, no, no, thanks. Oh my goodness. It just, it just really reminded me of, um, those folks that go, I'm not interested in spiritual reality. <laughs> you know, oh, there's a whole other world going on. Yes, and it's stunning, and it's beautiful, and it's magnificent, and it's available to us. Oh, it was it was incredible. It, it's available. I remember we were out there bobbing up and down, and I would look down, and then I would look back out. Right, <laughs> yes. And I would look down, and <laughs> exactly. I would look back out because I yeah. was so, it just blew my mind. I'm like, how how come everybody's not doing this? Why why aren't the whole world out here? People, yeah. People are you who aware didn't want to do it, yeah. Of the joy, the happiness, the playfulness, the beauty, the goodness, and then, you know, being underwater and the silence thing that goes on and just how comforted you feel and surrounded and loved and... Okay, so that is the perfect example of what we're describing of there is a kingdom all around us, friends, and that kingdom is so filled with goodness and joys. And this is a reality, not just like 
pictures or, you know, we're talking about there's a reality. Yes. And as Christians, we are meant to be amphibians. It was one of Craig's favorite expressions, that we are amphibians. Yes, by all means, we live in the natural world. We love steak tacos. We love a great pair of sunglasses. We love a glass of white wine on the deck in the summer evening. You bet. The natural world all around us is wonderful. And we are also citizens of an of another kingdom. Yes. Right? Paul describes us as citizens of a new reality, citizens of heaven. And therefore, we we have full rights and full access to put the goggles on and the snorkel and dunk our heads into that world. And I think, I think what Stace and I discovered during the quarantines, it was very hard for us to be so restricted. Yeah. We love to get out. We love to do things. We love to see friends and have dinners and parties. We love to travel and see the world and see our friends around the world. Couldn't do anything of that. And and as the famine, I guess what I'm describing, the famine began to set in, we realized, hang on, we still have snorkeling gear in the metaphor of we still have the kingdom. There is beauty and goodness and life and surprises. There is the laughter. The laughter of heaven. All around us. If we will pause and tap into it. And this actually began for me back in the, not began, but it really began to get rich for me or it became a practice. There we go. It became a practice for me back before I wrote All Things New. And I think I tell this story in the book. Over the years, we would encounter people in different situations, but often prayer times, where they would say, wow, I just got a really cool picture from Jesus. Or, oh, I see now, I see the Father, and he's, you know, holding you, or that, 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 you know, they would describe these sort of kingdom encounters, putting the snorkeling gear on. Uh-huh. And, and I would be like, what? Um, I don't get that. And now I had developed over time practice learning to hear the voice of God. Yes. And love that. Mm. And that's one way to tap in. Sometimes just a single word from Jesus can can rescue you. But I realized, I'm like, how come I don't see pictures and see what's going on in the kingdom and, you know, get to like enjoy the beauty of that. What? And I realized it's because I never asked. So I began to ask and it began to flood in. And I described one of those encounters right before chapter four in All Things New on the New Earth. But here's what I saw. I saw horses. Okay, so can we just pause and say, there are horses in the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Jesus has a horse. The, the Revelation, the army returns on horses. Okay. I saw horses, 50 or 60 at least, galloping through fields of tall grasses. The grace and freedom of their thundering stride was captivating. Behind them rose mountains, majestic, rugged, snow-capped. It looked like the Patagonian steppe. But there was a 
freshness, a crispness to the scene like the morning of creation. I thought perhaps they were wild horses, and then I saw riders among them, and suddenly I, too, was among them, riding with them. We came to an embankment and stream crossing. Horse and rider mended their gait, and soon we were over, took off again like the wind. It was a glorious game of sorts, a romp. What I was being shown was something out of the kingdom and some of the joy and the adventures of the kingdom. When I woke, I thought, surely I'm making this up. I had breakfast, drove to work, and there, on a city corner in our town where I have never seen such a sight in 20 years of living here were riders on horseback, as if Jesus were saying, now do you believe me? (laughs) And like such a simple but elegant and beautiful encounter that was utterly soul-restoring, like soul-enriching, just like watching my octopus teacher, right? Here's this Here's a reality that we get to go into of this guy and his healing and the ocean. And Was this a dream or was this when you were awake? I actually, yes, awake. I saw it. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. And most Christians have never put their head underwater in terms of they haven't asked or tried the practice of or tapping into the supernatural graces. But friends, part of what we want to talk about at homecoming is extraordinarily stressful times require supernatural graces, both for the healing of of what we've been through and for the recovery of hope and strength and, and freshness in our hearts. And I never, I never really understood this verse. Colossians 3 beginning in verse 1, Paul is writing about this. But it wasn't until I experienced it that I understood it. He said, okay, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, or I would, I would say not only on earthly things, for you actually have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your real life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And I know, I know, I know, that's like, that's got a lot of spiritual words to it. And as soon as we get into like the heaven language stuff, a lot of people just go, what? What does that mean? But Paul is saying, look, there is a reality that you are now a very rich participant in because of Jesus and because of your life in him. Let your heart go there. Let your mind, let your thoughts go there. Tap into that source of playfulness or wisdom, or joy, or healing, or whatever it is that our souls need. God has got this huge banquet for us, and we want to begin to help you learn how to reach into it. 
Now, now at the simplest level, what we're suggesting is that you ask Jesus. <laughs> ask him. Uh, Lord, I want to see the kingdom. I want to see the beauty. I want to hear the laughter of heaven. I, I need perspective. I need love. I need encouragement. I just need solace. Show me the beauty of your kingdom, Jesus. Let me see something. And then you look with your heart. Helen Keller was the remarkable woman with multiple disabilities, blind and deaf and unable to speak. The story of her education is, is a remarkable story, but here's what she said. She said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or touched, but must be felt in the heart. Like learning to access the kingdom with our hearts is it's the snorkeling gear that you've been given. And Sace, I'd love for you to describe how that kind of goes for you. Oh, good, good. And I love how we're circling around too. We started this year by talking about the heart and we're going around to the heart being the place where our Christ dwells within us, his spirit dwells within us. So the kingdom of God is within. So. Um, Here's last week, just um, hard week on on many levels, and I needed Jesus, and so I got quiet, alone, and turned the attention of my heart and the affection of my heart to Jesus, and and just stilled myself. And then um, you know, there's the part of where we sanctify our imagination where we consecrate what we see. I really can talk more about that later, but in closing my eyes, sinking in, I immediately felt Jesus's presence and saw him invite me, escort me into, into what I would call the garden of my heart. And we walked together, sat down on a bench, and, I, and he just comforted me. I leaned against his chest, I just felt his comfort, his understanding, and the beauty of the garden. There was a river running through, it, the sound of it, the soothing of it. it. It was just, it was a reprieve. And it was also um, tasting and diving into what is true. Yes. The comfort, the love, the mercy of God that is always available. So I didn't stay sitting in my chair. I had to get up into my day, but I carry that within. Yes, yes. A simple, a simple encounter. Yeah. A, a simple meeting of Jesus. Yes. That begins with, I look for you, Lord, in my heart. You dwell within me. And by the beautiful power, we, so we have the Holy Spirit. Who helps us? We have Christ within our hearts. And to ask him, show me. I, I need to find you. It was really transformative. You know, part of our journey into this was reading something from Madame Gaillot, the French Catholic mystic who just had an extraordinary relationship with Christ. And she wrote this. She said, your way to God begins on the day of your conversion, for conversion marks your soul's initial return to God. From that moment, you begin to live and have your being 
by the means of his grace. Your spirit instructs your soul that since God is more present deep within you, he must be sought within and he must be enjoyed there. And what she's trying to describe is we typically look for God around us. Uh I want to feel your presence with me. But his presence is also in you. And in some ways, more profoundly deep in you. And in a world that is so used to the cell phone in the hand, the swipe, the click, the like, the digital distraction, this requires a little bit of slowing down and getting quiet and learning to tune in. She goes on to say, therefore, from the very beginning, you find great joy in knowing that your Lord is within you and that you can find him and enjoy him in your inmost being. This podcast is already going longer than we thought it would, but this is what we want to talk about at homecoming. This is what we hope you can join us for. But even as you go from today, just simply to begin to ask Christ, I need the rest. I need the rest. I need the rest of reality. I I need above water and below water. I want to snorkel, metaphorically speaking. I want to, I want to see the beauty of your kingdom. I want to walk with you. Where are you taking me, Jesus? And to get into a quiet space and to begin to love him with your heart and just sanctifying your thoughts, sanctifying what you're seeing, and then asking him to guide you into his presence within you and the riches of the kingdom that he is then immediately able to make available to you. It changes your perspective just to hear the laughter of heaven. Jesus, I want to hear the laughter of heaven. It's such a rescue from the madness of this hour on the earth. And again, the reason that we're trying to present this to you all, or at least put the category on the table, is that we're living in a time when humanity is pretty savagely assaulted. And we need every grace available to us. We need all the natural graces like silence and walks and beauty and yes, but they are not sufficient for who and what we are as as children of God, citizens of heaven, and they're not sufficient for a moment like this on the earth. And so learning to tap in and asking Jesus, I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to see the beauty of the kingdom. Show me the ocean as it is in the kingdom of God. Show me the city as it is in the kingdom of God, the city of God. Show me, Lord, I need these things. And then getting quiet, letting him speak, letting his spirit guide you because he's right here in your heart. And the river of life itself flows in your heart. Right? That's Proverbs 4.23. That's where we started to turn back to the heart at the beginning of the year, that the wellspring of life is within you. So I know that's just an introduction. I know there's tons more. You probably have loads of questions. Ask God. He'll guide you. He will guide you and really hope you can join us Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, the 6th, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. 
You do need to register, and we really hope you can join us for the experience. Let's pray. Jesus, I need the grace of your kingdom. I need beauty. I need hope. I need to hear the laughter of the kingdom. Help me be an amphibian, Lord. Help me tap into the rest of reality. Show me the kingdom. Yes, Jesus. Show us the kingdom. Nourish our souls. Nourish our weary, weary souls with the strength that Paul is talking about, the fullness of life and power that comes from God. In Jesus' name. Amen.